is Jenny Helwig. I work in marketing here at Bentley Systems, and today I will be the host of Water Experts Unfiltered. This is a podcast channel dedicated to water infrastructure professionals, experts, enthusiasts, and to anyone who has interest in topics related to hydraulics and hydrology. In each episode, we invite one of our Bentley experts to talk about industry topics, trends, and real solutions for real problems. If you have a thirst for water knowledge, stay tuned because we will quench your curiosity, not with drops, but with constant flow of water knowledge. In this episode, we have another trusted advisor for OpenFlow Solutions, and I will let him introduce himself. Hi, Jenny. Uh, thanks for the introduction, and hey, to our, hello to everybody, anybody else listening to this right now. Uh, my name is Diego Rodriguez, and a little about me, I was born in South America in a small country called Uruguay. But I have lived in Newark, New Jersey ever since I was five years old, so I grew up here. Uh, I love going to the gym, watching sports, spending time with my family, and obviously I love learning about the water industry as well. Uh, like Jenny mentioned, uh, currently I am a product sales engineer here at Bentley Systems. That's great. Thanks. Welcome, Diego. Now that we know a little bit more about your personal background, would you mind telling us about your professional background? Sure. So since I lived in Newark, I decided to attend a local engineering university named NJIT, which is short for New Jersey Institute of Technology. Uh, it was fortunate because I didn't have a lot of money and the school was like two miles away from my house. So I was able to live at home while attending. I entered NJIT as an undecided engineering major, but after finding out the school has a great engineering program or civil engineering program, I decided to attend and major in civil engineering. Uh, shortly after, I had my first internship with NJ Transit, which is a public transit company that operates buses, trains, and rails across New Jersey. During Hurricane Sandy in 2012, a lot of New Jersey NJ Transit facilities were just damaged by flooding, and it was also found the pumps and other measures to combat flooding weren't working as intended. So NJ Transit managed to win a federal grant to work on strengthening their facilities and infrastructure to withstand these types of storm events, which started projects all throughout New Jersey to work on NJ Transit-owned facilities. I And I interned with the Capital Planning and, Pro and Programs Department to help the Sandy flooding rehabilitation and strengthening projects. After graduating from NJIT, uh, my experience working at NJ Transit helped me get a job at Ma McDonald as a water wastewater engineer, where I worked on various types of projects, but mainly focused on the stormwater and combined sewer projects. I was a part of the stormwater team there. I really did a bit of everything at Ma Mac. Uh, I, I'm grateful for how much I was able to learn there and the diversity in the projects that we had. But now I am at Bentley Systems and I'm working with the open to grow the Open Flows brand. Um, thanks, Diego. That was very, very interesting. Um, can you tell us how long you've been working here at Bentley? So I'm closing in on two years at the time that we're recording this podcast. Uh, I think I am like a week or two away from two years. So yeah, time flies. Wow, uh, it really does. Um, happy work anniversary. And before we start talking about model calibration, would you be able to tell us a little bit about what you do at Bentley? Sure. At Bentley, I work with a talented and experienced group of people uh, who all have a shared love for water. Uh, we work on the common goal of promoting software usage for water infrastructure across the world. It's incredible because there are many people out there that still that still don't have any software solution in place for hydraulic calculations. Uh, and we believe that if you want to thoroughly consider and plan for the 
best options to serve your communities, then you have to use the best tools possible for that. So I help consultants, utilities, municipalities, and others get access to the right tools to complete their projects and, and serve their communities. I guess you can say I'm uh, some sort of product consultant and, and brand ambassador. That's excellent. Uh, let's get into the topic we're discussing today, which is steady state model calibration for water distribution systems. Um, but before we begin discussing this topic, would you be able to tell us what the purpose of a hydraulic model is? Sure. So a hydraulic model is uh, is, is a digital model that, that represents the real world conditions of a hydraulic system. Um, so there are some software that will make a bunch of calculations for every node and pipe that you have um, in, a, in a model and solve it based on parameters that, that you set. Uh, so if properly created, the model can be used for master planning for both new and new developments and, and rehabilitation of older systems, uh, fire development studies, which keep the surf communities safe, uh, water quality analysis to ensure proper water quality, energy management to efficiently run the system, emergency responses so that you can act quickly and during emergency situations and minimize downtimes, and even more. So there are there's a lot of usage for a hydraulic model, but for a hydraulic model for water distribution system. And that is also why the, the first thing you want to identify is obviously what is what, what is your intended use of the model, whatever whatever your use of the model is that will require you to calibrate the model for that specific uh, purpose. So a hydraulic model is an excellent tool to aid in making decisions about a hydraulic system, but it can also be useful if your model, but it can only be useful if your model uh, accurately represents a real system and and is calibrated for your specific use. Um, so a hydraulic model can be a versatile tool, but it must be calibrated for it to be useful. Let's dive a little deeper into calibration. Um, would you be able to explain what model calibration is? Yeah, the the model calibration is the process of comparing the results. Uh, the model results to the field observations and adjusting the parameters in your model until the model performance is in reasonable agreement with the uh, with the system performance. So you some of the parameters you might need to change are going to be your your demands. Obviously, demands are you know what, what water people are consuming from different types of uh, households and business usages, uh, five tuning pipe roughness pipe pump characteristics or, or pipe diameters even because uh, sometimes those are not correct on record or the pipes change over time too. Uh, but it's not as simple as just changing any attribute until the model gives you the output that you want. You should understand the model results, why the model results are different from the observed system data and, th and then you will be able to know what the best adjustments are. So for example, if, you're, if the records you use to build your model have an incorrect elevation, there's no changing of pipe roughness or the mans is going to make sense. You, have to, you should be able to realize that there's something wrong with the data that was used to build a model and investigate the troublesome areas until you find uh, until you find the problem and correct it. So if all your data is correct, you should still try to make sense of the model and and the system to see which attributes make sense to change to make the model agree with the system because there's many, many combinations of parameters that will probably give you uh, put your model in line with the uh, with the system, but not all of them may be reasonable. Uh, a hydraulic model can only solve equations based on the data you put into it. If the data is bad, then the model is going to give you bad results. If 
it is up to the engineer to confirm the data and fine tune the, the model parameters so that the model agrees with the real system. So the calibration process is the process of confirming the data you have received uh, about the system and then making sure that the model performance is reasonably in line with the system performance over a wide range of operating conditions. And this is going to help increase the confidence that the model will be able to predict predict system behavior and, and for whatever adjustments you're looking to make to it. Got it. Okay, great. Thanks. Now, would you be able to explain a little bit more about how we would go up, um, about comparing the model results to field observations? Yeah, so to compare the model results, you first you need to, you're going you're going to need to uh, gather data from the system. So to compare it to the model results, so to the data you collect is going to consist mostly of pressures and maybe flows. Uh, but the first thing you want to, to collect is definitely pressures. Once once you have collected pressures, you have the option of either working with pressures or you can convert the pressures to hydraulic grade to make your comparisons with the model. For calibration purposes, it's almost always preferable to work with hydraulic grades um, over instead of pressures, since pressures pressure comparisons make it difficult to really get a a, a great um, overall look of the of the system, and it makes it easier to 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 spot errors. I mean, it makes it harder to spot or easier to overlook errors. Uh, between so some inconsistencies like uh, elevations will be immediately obvious in the hydraulic gray line. You'll see like a big drop or a big, you know, a big jump in the hydraulic gray line, gray line where it's not supposed to be, and that will indicate give you a quick indication where some uh, elevation might have been put incorrectly, or or there might be some valve that's open or closed in the real system, but in your model it was the opposite. Uh, so usually the modeler will receive some field data such as pressures and tank water levels and then from there the modeler will, would be able to convert it all to equivalent, equivalent grade lines and then that could be compared with the hydraulic grade line from the model output which at this point would have been ran with uh, some estimated parameters for pipe roughnesses and demands. Uh, if there and if there isn't any major discrepancy in the like the elevations, like I mentioned, uh, then you can move on to fine tuning some of the other model par parameters, such as uh, pipe roughness and the demands. Got it. So, what type of data needs to be collected from the system? Well, since we're speak since we're speaking of data collection, uh, I like to preface this with. Uh, you know, a model can confidently predict system performance only if it is calibrated well and the model calibration is only as good as the data that you collect from the system. So and 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 because you're comparing that data to your model and then that data is the data you need is depends on your usage of the model. So in general, you're going to need the following uh, to, to build your model. You will need you will need the data of the existing conditions of the model uh, of the system, such as the pipes, pipe sizes, all the nodes which includes valves, pumps, tanks, and any any other elements that are present in your system. You need you need all that information. Uh, so first you collect the model building data, uh, you create the model. Um, and this is usually if you if you're lucky, it's given to you in some digital records such as a GIS, and then you could usually Im import that into your hydraulic modeling software. Uh, but there's also options uh, such as uh, construction drawings or or plans uh, that you might that you could use and overlay and then create your model manually. Um, 
So how and what data you collect for calibration is important. Uh, so first, uh, looking at the quality of your data, you should be aware of the equipment you're using. When converting pressures to hydraulic grade, you will need to know the elevation of the pressures, the pressure reading devices, and you should be aware of the accuracy of both the pressure reading devices and the elevation of the pressure reading device. Uh, both of those will be needed to create a hydraulic grade line. Uh, so you you may need to, you may need to also collect uh, flow data and tank level data through which uh, can accurately be done through some sensors um, as long as they're functioning correctly, which is another thing you should you should confirm before using them. And finally, SCADA data is being used more and more, so now you might have access to a bunch of SCADA data. But like the other measures, we should be aware of the accuracy of the data and the events that took place when the data was collected. So we need to be careful with the data collection process because it will affect the model's ability to predict the system. But what about the location of the data we collect? Where would we want to put our pressure sensors? Uh, where to collect data is another great question. So you should you should have some some data available already from the pumps, the tank levels and valves. Uh, so getting data really close to those is not very useful because your model is already going to be very accurate uh, the closer you are to those elements. So unless you have made a mistake and inputting some data such as a, an elevation or the or the or or like I said, your um, the data you received was inaccurate. So normally it'll be very accurate the closer you are to those. So you if you really want to test your model, you want to go gather data towards the outside parameters of those pressure zones and and get your data out there. Uh, so you, you want to go away from the pumps, away from the tanks and away from the valves and because that's where your system is going to be the most inaccurate and you want to test it there. So additionally, you want to collect data during periods of high demands, but like I just mentioned, it is important to also understand that there are if there are any special things happening on those days, such as a fire, an event or a gathering uh, that will have an effect on the system. During this period of time, you're collecting the data. You want, you, you want to make sure you know the exact operating conditions of the of the system. So you want to have the, the pump status, the valves, uh, the tank levels. You want to have all of that because you have to put those exact same conditions into your model uh, and match it up so that um, then you could run it and compare the results. Uh, so yeah, that's what that's what you would do. Got it. That's a lot of information that's really um, important. Um, let's say all the data has been collected, recorded, and the model comparisons have been made, um, and there's some inconsistencies that are noted from the model and the system. How does the engineer make the decision as to what they need to adjust in the model to align the model results to the system? Yeah, so as, uh, as discussed, uh, first you have to identify the the use of the model and then create the model using some known or estimated parameters. And then when you collected all the appropriate data to calibrate the, the model, now you must identify and address any large discrepancies between between the model results and the collected data of the system. Any large discrepancies will become obvious and can be addressed in, by analyzing the differences. Uh, it may be, like I said, some valve close in the system, but opened uh, in your model, or the most common is the elevation input being incorrect for some element. So, th and that that's the my, that's the macro calibration analysis where you have some major uh, discrepancy that it's usually uh, uh, some some fault with the data or or the operating conditions. Um, 
and that's always spotted in the hydraulic gray line. Uh, so after you take care of the macro adjustments, you want to see how every parameter affects your model. So you can globally change the pipe roughness or the demands in your system by 15%, and so one at a time, and see how it affects your results. So if you change the roughness globally by 15% and the results don't change much or, or at all, then that might mean that uh, your, your system is uh, not sensitive to roughness at that demand pattern that you're using. So that means that your efforts are better better put on getting accurate demand estimates for this of the system rather than uh, adjusting the the roughness pipe roughnesses because it just won't have an effect on the on, on the model output. So you sh uh, you should also check the impact of changing the demands by a large percentage to see if it has a uh, an impact on your results. Uh, if changing the your demands globally by 15% also has little to no impact on your system in your system heads, then uh, the velocity in the system may be too low for the data to be useful for the system and sensitivity analysis, and no conclusion can be made about what, what the system is insensitive to. But lastly, after we did the sensitivity analysis, we, we know we know what, uh, what our model might be sensitive to or insensitive to, and then we can start fine-tuning the model. Uh, and this could be the longest part as well. Uh, especially if you have uh, a, a large system with many pipes and nodes and and it because it involves adjusting the pipe roughness and demands on a trial and basis or uh, trial and error basis uh, to converge between the model and the and the field field values. So it may be that you have to change a lot of a lot of values for a lot of pipes uh, sometimes, and that could take a long time. Great. Um, it definitely seems like there's many things to consider when calibrating a model. Um, would you be able to outline that approach? Sure, yeah, there is a seven-step approach for calibrating a model that I like to refer to. Uh, it, it was published in a book called Calibrating Hydraulic Network Models um, in 1997 by Lindell Ormsby and uh, Srinivasa Lindgredi. Uh, I hope I didn't butcher them. I'm pretty sure I did butcher their names, but yes, I don't know how to pronounce them. Uh, and and we're going uh, and we're focusing on steady state calibration, but um, this is also applicable, or some of it may be applicable to other simulations. So, but but anyways, regardless of what uh, what simulation you want to run, calibrating your model for steady state conditions is always the first the first step, the first thing you do, because then after that you can move on to the more complicated simulations. Uh, so the seven steps approaches, uh, the approach that I'm going to mention is what basically summarizes what we've discussed to this point. Uh, the seven steps are as follows. First, you're going to identify the intended use of the model. Uh, you, this will tell you what data you will need to collect and the level of detail needed. Uh, for example, if you if you're wanting to create a model to run a fire flow analysis, then it will be good to have data for from a fire event from during your system and this could be gathered through SCADA or something else or you maybe you could wait till a fire event happens and uh, and collect the data then but yeah if you want to calibrate for a fire event then for fire flow analysis then it, it's always good to have a uh, data from a fire event of course to calibrate to after that you can uh, determine estimates of model parameters so you need to run your model to compare it to the field results. So before you run it, it's like a chicken and the egg situation. You need to, you 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 want to uh, you want your your model to be 
in line with the system, but to be able to compare the two, you have to run it. So you have to determine some estimates for your model parameters, like the roughness and demands, because you might not know and you might not um, know know those those numbers yet. So you should have some uh, some sort of data from either GIS or record plans or construction plans to build out the model. So you can use those for the elevations, the pipe sizes, and other properties, but like I mentioned for the pipe roughness and the demands, it might be a bit of a guess at first, and you might have to take some educated guesses at those so that you can run the model. Then after you've run the model, you can then you can collect the calibration data. Based on your intended use of the model, you will have to collect some, some calibration uh, data, which will consist of pressures, flows, operating conditions, and whatever, whatever else you find necessary for your intended use of the model. For the pressures, obviously like i said it's much better to convert them to a hydraulic gray line um, instead of using pressures after that you can run your 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 model estimates and estimate uh, the initial conditions from the system when the calibration data was collected so before we can run our uh, we, we set up some estimated parameters but we didn't have the operating conditions of the system so now what we're doing is we're adding the operating conditions in the system such as like the pump status uh the valve the valves being well valves are open or closed uh and and now we're running the system with that with that with those mirroring that uh that uh the the conditions in the system after we run the system we can we can with the estimated parameters we can perform a rough tuning by comparing the model results to the to the system performance that we observed so by looking at the hydraulic gray line from your model results and comparing it to the hydraulic gray line from the observed system, you should be able to immediately identify any large discrepancies which would signal uh, to a valve conditions not being accurate or some elevation input being incorrect or any other large discrepancy with the system uh, with regarding data input or 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 something being incorrect with the with the data you received. After that, we can perform the sensitivity 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 analysis, uh, which we mentioned earlier. This this includes uh, just changing your system demands and pipe roughness by some large percentage to see which parameter your system is insensitive to. Uh, this the sensitivity analysis gives you some indication of what parameters are worth spending time on. So this 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 could save you a lot of time, and as well. So after we perform the sensitivity analysis, we could perform the fine tuning analysis. So, and I guess the fine tuning analysis can be considered the final step of the calibration process, although calibration really is a never ending process because the system is always changing. The, the, the system demands and, the, and the, the pipe roughnesses change over time. So, so fine tuning, but, but either ways, uh, fine tuning is the most uh, time consuming process of the, of the calibration process, uh, especially for a larger system because it requires adjustments of parameters for all pipes and nodes that need to be adjusted. Uh, so it can end up being a, a lot of a lot of pipes and, and nodes and, and numbers that you need to just adjust uh, for, for a very large system. Wow, thanks, Diego. Um, appreciate you going through all the steps and, and laying it out that way so we can understand it. Um, after the modeler has gone through all these steps that you talked about, are there any additional steps that we should take um, or is the model good to make decisions after that? Yeah, at this point, the model is considered calibrated, uh, but like 
like uh, like I mentioned, it's the, the calibration process is an ongoing process. Uh, so yeah, if you have calibrated the model for a few steady state conditions, it is a good idea to validate the model by testing it against some some data obtained from the system under some different conditions that you have not tested it under yet and see how accurate it is. Uh, model validation is really the last the last step uh, an ongoing step of the model calibration process. The system demands are always going to be changing. The pipe roughnesses are always going to be changing. Uh, so then you have to to validate the model every so often before you or want to make a decision or want to use the model for something, you should validate it to make sure that the system is still the or the model is still accurately predicting what would happen in the system. Got it. Would you say um, that hydraulic modeling software could assist with this calibration process? Yeah, for sure. Hydraulic modeling softwares offer a bunch of tools to help with modeling, and some of them even offer calibration assistance. At Bentley, we have WaterGems, which is a hydraulic modeling product commonly used for water distribution systems. WaterGems has a tool built into it called the Darwin Cal Calibrator. And what Darwin Calibrator does is uses genetic algorithms to adjust parameters to fine tune these parameters until the model converges with the field data that you provide it. It's cool and could save a lot of time, like I mentioned earlier, because this is the lengthiest part of the calibration process. But when it comes to calibration, it is the engineer or modeler who has the has to first understand why the model doesn't agree with the system and this tool can't do that for you. Uh, so you can't just shut off your brain and let the software take the lead, but it does it does help you save time um, when it comes to the very last step of calib calibrating a model. Uh, another useful use of the hydraulic model during calibration is the ability to create what if scenarios because you could create what if, like I mentioned as well, there's multiple different alternatives uh, uh, that you could for parameters that will work for your model. So the what if creating what if scenarios helps you try out different calibration approaches uh, and see which one works best for your model. Awesome, thank you. So just to recap, so far we've discussed steady state simulation calibration, which is I hope I understand it is uh, more of a model calibrated to a snapshot of the water distribution system. What can you tell us about calibration for other types of simulations? This is an excellent question. So calibrating a model for a steady state simulation, or as you said, the snapshot of the system, is only the first step. Uh, there are some more complex simulations you can run, but like I said, create calibrating a model is a process and you can't just jump directly onto a more calibrated or a more complicated um, simulation. So the first step is always just calibrating your model to a few different steady state conditions and making sure you have that part done. And then you can move on to calibrating the model for, for an extended period simulation. And after you've done that, you can move on to water quality analysis. In general, you want to tackle it one by one. Uh, you can't just go from nothing to running a water quality simulation. There's too many things that could and will go wrong with that. And you won't even know what or how to approach those problems at that point. Um, so how does the water quality analysis and EPS calibration differ from the SS calibration? So yeah, so we're not going to go too much in depth into uh, uh, extended period simulations and mm -hmm. water quality analysis, but 
uh, calibrate, but since it's since it is outside of the scope for today, but like I mentioned earlier, before considering an, ex an extended period simulation calibration, we need to make sure that the model is accurately and correctly calibrated for the steady state conditions in terms of elevations, demand distributions, and pipe roughness, and then we should uh, begin the extended period uh, extended period simulation calibration. Uh, so the EPS model calibration mostly consists of the adjustments of demands uh, over time. So that's that's what uh, EPS is. You know, it's an extended period, looking maybe at like 24 hours. So you want to adjust your demands over that period of time. So for hydraulic studies, you'll be recording tank level data and flows from flow from meters in the system, and and you and for energy studies, you'll be focused on the pump station cycling and energy consumption. Uh, like the other calibration efforts, you'll simply look at your model outputs and see if they match observed uh, the observed system. So if if after one hour or any or after any time period, the uh, the model tank level is not matching with the tank level observed in in in, in the system, then you know during that time period uh, your consumption for water or your demand, the water demand might be lower or higher in the system than it is in the um, in the real system, so then you could just go ahead and adjust your demands during that time period uh, to to match the 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 real system. Um, and yeah, and then after that, you can move on to 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 water quality uh, and uh, analysis and 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 calibration, which consists consists mostly of uh, of the routing of your of your routing and the uh, and the uh, of the water in your system. Well, Diego, I want to thank you for giving us all this great information. Um, and thanks for everyone for joining today. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to learn more with Bentley's experts that will bring a lot of information, industry trends, and real solutions for real problems.